Welcome to our community. This is Saratova Beth. Today is Chai Heshman. We spoke about it two days ago. We're going to review it for one second. Um, it's a very important day, and we felt a couple of weeks ago that today might be a very big miracle in the process of Geula elections and, uh, in, in the United States and in the world, and probably is and will be. It doesn't mean we're going to, excuse me, doesn't mean we're going to see it or understand it because we're in a time of, as it says, a person is in the middle of a miracle and he doesn't recognize that it's a miracle because it's so lofty. So we're going to speak about that for a, in a minute. And today we'll speak about um, the template of Avram Avinu sitting in the heat of the day outside of his tent, it being a template for a personal revolution and a global revolution. And a Torah revolution. Okay, so all of that in a short amount of time. So Chai Cheshvan, just to review, what the 18th of Cheshvan, we know that Chav Cheshvan is an important day. It's the birthday of the Rebbe Rashad, etc., and the entire story that we're not going to repeat again, that we said the past couple of days of, of him demanding or begging for that every Jew should desire to see Hashem and be able to see Hashem as much as Avram Medinu could. For Hashem to reveal Himself, and that is, a, a, and that's the story, and that is connected to being in the midst of a miracle and being able to see that you're in the midst of the miracle. That's what He was asking for. He was saying, a person, Hashem, Avraham had a bris mila, so He was able to perceive truth and, and Hashem on a way higher level, not just Elohim, not just Hashem in the world, but way above the world, much higher revelation much more powerful revelation without it having to be covered. The ability to have that happen, that happens to every one of us. He had a bris mila and it, ha- and, and it happened to him. Every Jew has a bris mila, every Jewish boy and uh, Jewish girl automatically is born, so to speak, with that level. So it's happening to every one of us. Do we see do we see? That's what we were discussing yesterday. Do we see? When miracles are happening to us, do we recognize that, it's, that a miracle is happening? Or do we feel that it's just yet another problem and another problem and another problem? Because in general, big miracles, if we're not cognizant of them, will appear to us as problems. So because they're so big, we don't know what to do with them. We feel out of sync. We feel out of order. We feel scattered because big light has just hit us. And so we have learned over the centuries to call this experience, oh, I have problems, or I'm not managing, or it's a mess, or life isn't working, or that. We've just given it a name. We've tagged these experiences, usually, with the term, it's not working, life is not working, life is not good. It's simply, it's a sociological phenomenon. What do you do when you're feeling a big miracle? You don't realize it. You think you've got problems. Okay. So what is Chaim Archeshvan today? This miraculous, clearly it's going to be a miraculous day. It's the true highest of every single Jew, Chai. The highest of the soul as it comes down into the physical, the, the life force of the soul as it comes down into the physical body, chai. 
But that, that's Chai. Chai means life force, spiritual life force coming down into the body. What's Chai Mar Cheshwin? When the Chayas, the life force of the Neshama, as it comes into the body, also in everyday things, in things in which you're involved with in the month of Cheshvan. Cheshvan being a month when it's rainy, it's cold, it's dark, it's, it's mundane, it has no holidays, it's in the trenches. That godly life force from your soul that comes into your body expresses itself in everyday things in a very everyday month. That's Chaimar Cheshvan. Why? So that that holiness that your soul is familiar with should also then permeate everyday life. You're getting in the car, you're driving to Manhattan. That's everyday life. And there's traffic. That's everyday life. That's my freshman. And there's a roadblock. That's my freshman. And yet the godly light and inspiration that your soul is familiar with comes down into that and you experience it in a different way. So, so Chaimar Cheshvan is that day when there is tremendous godliness coming down into the mundane. We're involved now in the most mundane of the mundane elections for the president. And now, not just, it's no longer elections, it's, um, the aftermath of the elections and the clarification of who, what, where, how's the whole thing going to work out. That's very much mundane world. This is not another Mimer entire, another Mimer Chazal. This is U.S. elections, these two ace of guys, and everything they represent, ace of fighting with himself about who he wants to be and what he wants to stand for. Does he want to stand for truth? Does he want to stand for assisting his little brother Yaakov Avinu? Or does he want to stand for other stuff? This is this is a big part of the battle. Asa is having an identity crisis. So with that, we're in the midst of it. And when is it happening? Specifically in the month of Marcheshman. That's what Marcheshman is all about. Asa's of identity crisis. Asa is a man of the field. Each ring can be married. As we said, when he saw Yaakov Avinu with the bowl of soup, the lentil soup, he laughed. He laughed him out of the place. Hey, you with your truth and your essence and your meaning. Come on, each ring can be married. He's a man of the field. Life is to be enjoyed. That's the, that's the message of Marcheshvan. No, you don't have to run to show. Have to be involved in spiritual things in general. It's the month that most powerfully of all twelve months expresses. Go out, have, go out in the world. Getting dark early, good. Go to the bar. You can go to the pub at six thirty. Go to the pub at five o'clock in the afternoon. You don't have to wait till late at night. Have the time. Eat, drink, and be merry. This is the month. So within all of this, I'm like, oh, you know. Which guy is going to win? What are they standing for? This is the month. And today, clearly, we can imagine there's a, mirac- it's a miraculous day, I believe, because the Reb made such a, 
put such an emphasis on Chaim Cheshvan, and I haven't seen it so much in other sikhas. Chav Cheshvan, yes. Chaim Cheshvan, not really. What was the reason for the emphasis? My hypothesis is that today will go down in history as a miraculous day. We may not see the miracle until many years later. And we, it is no doubt going to be a miracle that Ain Balanes Neker Beniso. The one who's experiencing the miracle, the world that's experiencing the miracle, has no idea that they're in the midst of a miracle. That's likely to happen today. Let's keep our eyes on the news and have that in mind and see what's happening today. You know, this one disputes about this state and that state. and These are not small things. These are global things that are the culmination of all of history. All the pogroms, all the crusades, the crusades, the pogroms, the Inquisition, the, the Holocaust, the, 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 Roman, the Roman persecutions, the Roman massacres, the Greek massacres, the, all that stuff, all that stuff, it's all culminating in these days. It's all coming to a whole new level in these days when Asaph outright got away with brutal persecution and he felt of, of, of his brother Yaakov Avinu and he felt that he was justified and he got away with it and Rahman found what we went through and as we were saying Yaakov Avinu now clearly has to do tshuva sorry Asaph clearly has to do tshuva because Yaakov Avinu we are used to you know 4,000 years of persecution we have been humbled Time and time again, unfortunately. Asaph was never humbled. He was always top of the world. The Romans, the Greeks, you know, you see those videos of the, the Roman legions, all of these, uh, the Nazis, Yamashima, all of this. They got away with literally murder. They've never been humbled. Asaph has never been humbled much by God. It's, he's new, though, being humbled. You, the fact that Asaph is coming to Chuba is unbelievable. So we're going to have someone just win the first day of elections and not safe because he can do miraculous things for his brother Yaakov and then backtrack and, you know, go out of, you know, not feel humble at all and just say, well, you know, I can run the world the way, however I want. So clearly Asaph has to do deeper and deeper and deeper levels of tshuva so that he can be a partner with his younger brother Yaakov to bring the world to Geula and do his part rather than fighting Yaakov. So that's Chai Cheshvan, the day that will be a miraculous day. Okay, so two things we want to say. We started yesterday. We said that in this story of the Rebbe Rashad, as a little boy, we said, what was he asking? He was saying, Hashem, he saying to his grandfather, I know that Hashem appears to every Jew at Chris Mila. But Avram Avinu, what his advantage was, Hashem appeared, he saw. Hashem appears to us too. But do we see what was the Rebbe Rashab begging for, for us in the year 1865, that we should be able to see 
what's coming our way. See truth. See God. See the miracles. We should be able to see. And of course, as we mentioned yesterday, the Rebbe Rashad asking for that knew that myself, relative to Avram Avinu, come on. Of course he can see. But the fact that he's called Avram Avinu, he is our father, my father. Therefore, if he is our father, even though He's on the level to to seek godliness openly. And me? But if he's Avram Avinu, my father, I inherit everything from him without even having to earn it necessarily. Pay it forward. What am I inheriting from Avram Avinu? All of his qualities of Messiris Nefesh, of devotion to God, of oneness with God, of being willing to start all over at the age of 99, when you've reached such a level of righteousness, to start all over at that point, rather than saying, you know, I've done my part, I feel like I'm pretty good. But to be willing to start all over, meaning do a bris mila, say, well, now I remove the blockage between myself and Hashem. What blockage do you have? Start all over. That ability is not only unique to Avram Avinu. He gives it to each one of us. Stepping into that makes it that we can see Hashem. We can then perceive the miracles that are coming our way without us missing them. We can perceive that closeness of God coming into our lives, being in our lives, and He not only appears, we see Him. What makes us be able to see Him? Being willing to do a brismila at age 99. Being willing to start all over again and say, now I have to unblock my relationship with Hashem. That was the answer. How do we know that's true? Because the Semach Sedek, the grandfather of the Rebbe Rashab, told him, this is the method. This is what you need to do. You want Hashem to appear to you? He is. Right. You want to be able to see that Hashem to appear, appear to you? I do. This is what you need to do. At the age of 99, in order to see it, you have to be fit to see it by actual things that we do in our lives. Just like with Avram, Avram, he was on a very great level. He was 99 years old. He was a tzaddik. And yet he made a decision to make a prismila. That made him fit that Hashem should appear to him. That made him fit for him to see that Hashem is appearing to him. What do I have to do to be able to see the miracles in my life? Whatever I've achieved, be ready for the bris mila. At that level of high achievement, whatever level I've reached, be ready for the bris mila at that moment. That's the, that's the trick. That's the tool. How do I see the next level of miracles and the next level and the next and the next? Be ready for an emotional, spiritual, saying we must have a blockage between us and I, have, I certainly have a blockage a covering between myself and Hashem let's remove it no matter what level I've achieved now what does that have to do with each one of us Ticha says when a Jew reads in the Torah and when he hears it on Shabbos in Shul 
He hears it read in, in the Torah. He has to know that it means him, him, him. It means you. It doesn't say, Vayera Hashem El Avram, and Hashem appeared to Avram. It's a generic term. Vayera Elav Hashem, and Hashem appeared to him. Who is him? It's, it is not written, and Hashem appeared to Avram. It says, and Hashem appeared to him. Him. Him means you. You're the son of Avram Avinu. And you've had the bris of Avram Avinu. Nifnas Bivirasa, Bivirasa, Avram Avinu. And just like Avram Avinu, through the bris Mila, was able to see Hashem, because of, um, for the Mila, for the bris Mila, we know that we are in the same groove. Hashem is appearing to us this week. Interesting. This week, where Asa is going through such a hard thing, in front of the whole world, fighting it out with himself, whom do I want to be? Do I want to be like him or like him? It's Asa with two identities. This is my thought, with two identities. And Yaakov Avinu needs to stand on the side and realize Hashem is taking care of us. It will turn out just right for us. Asa needs to go through a process. We stand back and watch him. We did our part last week. We're finished voting. Now we step into understanding that this is, everything Hashem says, everything I've done, I've done for you. The time of your redemption has come. And in this week, Hashem is appearing to us. And asking us to do our part. Be ready to unblock your relationship with Hashem and move to a deeper relationship with Hashem. Don't feel like, I got there, I'm there. We're never there. It's always another there to get to. That's our job. Asaph is busy with all his Supreme Court, you know, work, um, appeals, etc. Do it. Do what you have to do and do your tshuva. We need to do bris mila again and again and again. Why? The Rebbe Rashab, it's his week. And he's telling us that's our job. We're the sons of Avram Avinu. This is the week. This is the week that Avram Avinu has his bris mila and it becomes a template for each of us forever. And this is the week. And as we said, Chayim Mar this is the day. And Chosheshven on Shabbos, that's also the day. Today's more in the mundane. Shabbos is more will be in shul. It's taking those energies in a more holy way, feeding our soul. Today is feeding our mundane life with the energy of constant brismila. And this knowledge that this means me is designed to arouse in me a desire to see the revelation of Vayera Elav Hashem. This knowledge that it, this is me means it will arouse in me, hopefully, a desire to see Hashem. How do we know? That's what it did for the Rebbe Rashad. He was a little boy. He heard the Parsha, and it aroused in him a desire to see Hashem to such an extent that he cried. As it says, Therefore, and he opened it up, that desire, through tears, and every single year. 
This is the week of that desire, of that burning desire. That's what, we're, that's what the Parsha is designed to do in us. And the Rebbe Rashab took it very seriously. And it worked. It did, it did what it needed to do in him. And he said, not only me, every single year. And clearly now, through Chai Cheshvan, that desire is, going to, is being pumped into the world. Esav, Esav, Esav and Yishmo. To also desire, what does it mean, Hashtirshan? Truth. Truth, not fake news, truth. What are they fighting about now? Truth. Which one is telling the truth? No, we don't want to deal with the corruption, this and that. Truth. That's what's on the agenda. The, the, who's, no, we're telling the truth. No, we're telling, it's like the, the the TV show to tell the truth. I am the real president. No, I am the real president. I am the real president. I'm the real. And what is it based on? Who, how do we decide who's the real president? The one, who, Asaf, the real president, Asaf, right, was sent to run that world of the, the mundane world as, as being, is he going to be, allow himself to be the, mentored by Mashiach himself, or will he, will he fight Mashiach? Because remember, the Rebbe Rashab, the same Rebbe Rashab, declared hundred over a hundred years ago that there will be a hundred years of fighting Mashiach, fifty years of those who fight the footsteps of Hashem, and fifty years of those who fight the footsteps of Mashiach. And the fifty, the hundred years finished. There are two calculations. The hundred years finished nine eleven. September the 11th, 2001. And then, the other calculation is the 100 years finished this past spring. Base, what do we say, base ER? Base this one? Base ER? 100 years ago, 100 years before. Tough fresh pay. And then it was base this and tough shin pay. Either way, Let's say, so if we go get, according to the calculation, 100 years finished, base ER in the spring, once the rioting had begun, once, you know, in the middle of quarantine and all of that stuff, the 100 years finished, the, those who fight the footsteps of Mashiach, that one's finished. Asaph is no longer going to effectively fight the footsteps of Mashiach. It's time for him to step into saying, Mashiach, you are my man. Tell me how to live. That's why when we had to vote, we're no longer voting. Whom should you vote for? The one who says, I, Mashiach is my mentor. Who's your Mashiach? Hey, Asa. They should have had, you know, in all the debates, the pre-presidential debates, and, and they really kind of had it, but it wasn't one of the obvious questions. Imagine if they had that question in the debate, the vice presidential debate and the presidential debate. Okay, what do you, what's your policy on, policy on this? What's your policy on that? Who's your mashpia? Who's your mashpia? Which of the two presidential candidates would have said Mashiach to King? If he knew how to say it. Ask yourself that. Which of the, which of the, the vice presidential candidates 
If they said, who's your Mashpia? Would have said, Mashiach did Canaan. Right? How do you know? They didn't ask that question. We're not yet at that point because we're living in a world of Kaimar Cheshvan where they're not ready to say it in those words. The world of Chaf Cheshvan, Keter, Crown, you ask those words, who's your Mashpia? Hey, Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden, who's your Mashpia? That's, that's holy language. They're, we're still in the mundane. But then you ask yourself, which one of these two people who are debating it out Which of their policies shows that Mashiach Tekinu is their Mashbiya? Very simple. So we understand now this cry of the Rebbe Rashad in 1865 or so to, to, arouse, to put a firecracker under us that we should want to experience Hashem and see truth. He has now sent it down after a hundred years to Asa. And the world is marinating in what is truth? What is not truth? We want to see truth. They're both claiming to represent truth. How did the world become obsessed with truth? We want to see Hashem. So, and this is the work of the Rebbe Rashad. So, um, and what should we do? in this whole dynamic. Once we have the intense desire to see the revelation of Hashem, then surely we'll do everything we need to get it done. Right? In other words, I'm polishing to go to Eretz Yisrael. Oh, I just want to be in Eretz Yisrael. There's this term mitzvah happening and I want to be there and I want to be there. I know, I just so desperately want to be there. Call up the airlines. Don't just dream. Call up the airlines, make a ticket, you know, buy a ticket, arrange a place, get the hotel, make all the arrangements, clear your schedule, do what you need to do. If you desperately want it, do what you need to do to get there. Don't just desire, do. So here, so the Rebbe is saying, good, now we have the desire, courtesy of the Rebbe Rashad. Now do. What do we do? Bris Mila. What does that mean? When it comes to our physical body, our body, all the limbs, all our ramach, every part of our physicality, should be, we work to make it permeated with the kadusha of godliness, the holiness of godliness, in a way of brisailum forever. Make your body holy. Make your mundane life holy. And about, make, make your, your, your physical body a holy, holy, instrument for godliness and about your part in the world we inherit the land brismila the land of israel which then gives us access to the whole world so what do we do every pu'ula everything we do in our part of the world if i'm driving to borough park today my part of the world today includes the the streets that i will drive along to borough park so everything I do in my part of the world should be permeated with one and only desire, one and only purpose. Make Eretz Yisrael in every part, on every street, every block, every red light, 
every every inch of territory that I pass through and that I interact with make that into Eretz Yisrael. That's what I'm here to do. And through that, we become a fitting vessel for seeing God, seeing truth, for Vayera Lefavaya. Both in ourselves, so that we can see the revelation, and that our part of the world starts to experience the revelation because we purified our part of the world that much. That's so funny. I drove past the park and ah, that park. I don't know. Six months later, they're having this, you know, wow, there was these kind of holy things happening in the park. How did that happen? Well, remember that day when you drove through, through past the park? We think that we don't have an effect on the world, but we do. And then we go back later. An example was, Hmm. About three, four years ago, I was at um, I was at a uh, for a, a gathering in Cote Saint Luc, Montreal, and it was called an Amen party where they we say different brachas and everybody says Amen, and I was in shock because when I grew up, let's just say that Cote Saint Luc was a very jappy place, very jappy. I don't believe there was any, there were no, as far as I knew at that point. There were no religious Jews in Cote that's for sure. And everybody there, it was a quite upper-middle-class Jewish place. And I, I definitely knowing the girls at that point in Cote Luke, their most profound thought was, you know, their nail polish. That's what it was. Okay, so everybody on their own level. So that's what we call Japs, you know, Jewish-American princesses. You know, a lot of trauma, but, oh, I hate the believe that they gave me the wrong shade. It's good to hate, right? But that's the way I knew Cote St. Luke girls. I, I never met a Cote. That was it. You know, if you lived in Cote St. Luke, you would be like that, too. Nobody was religious. So I come to Cote St. Luke, and I'm at my friend's house, and this young woman comes, and she's doing a pay- party on Maine. She's going to say brachas with and she is exactly, in my mind, she looks like the co-Saint Luke girl. And I'm thinking, how is she doing a breakfast party with saying Amen? She's supposed to be a Jack. This doesn't fit. I've never heard of anybody doing a main party in co-Saint Luke with the Japs. So co-Saint Luke was transformed, packed with religious Jews, etc., and doing holy things. How did that happen? So many, many pieces to the puzzle. But part of it is you have an effect on a certain place and then you come back sometime later and it's different. And part of what made it different was you. So we have a huge shlichus and to take this one more step, I'd rather have it as separate, but I'm just going to include it because uh, of time. The same Rebbe Rashad that activated all of this in us personally activated something in the world that is a total revolution. The Rebbe Rashad is all about activating revolution. As a child, activating in every child the desire to see Hashem. And in every, whether you're physically a child or spiritually a child, that's what the Rebbe did, activated a revolution from a child's point of view and also from an adult point of view. What was the revolution from an adult point of view? 
establishment of Tamchit Mini. Tamchit Mini, as he said, the famous Sicha, Simchas Torah, Tafresh Samach Aleph in 1801, 1901, right? 1901. Um, he said, All those who go out to the war, to fight the war of David and Melech, they're Chayale based David. These students of Tamchetim or Chayale, the soldiers of, of David and Melech, they go out against, to fight the war against those who fight the footsteps of Mashiach. That's what we were just saying. Fights the war of God and he wins. This is what's going on in the world today. And as we say, we finished the hundred years of those who fight those footsteps. And then you won. We are in the middle now. We're in the midst of the miracle of the war of Mashiach having been won. And we're watching it unfold, and it's unfolding in a very complex way that feels like we didn't win, but we won. As it says, Baruch Hashem la'aylam, amin va'amin. But what we understand is this is, there's a template for this too, and we'll end with that. When it says that Avram Avinu, who Yaishev, he's sitting, Pesach he's sitting opposite his tent, this puppet, he's sitting outside his tent, he just had a bris mila, it's very hot. This becomes, it's a, it's, it's a scenario, it's a little scene. It comes into real life by the Rebbe Rashad in real time when he created Tamchet Bimim. What does that mean? He was sitting. Avram Avinu was sitting. And it was hot. And he had just had a bris mila. Why was it hot? He needed to heal his bris mila. It was hot because Hashem took the cover, covering off the sun. But, and what did he see? You could see Hashem openly. He was able to see Hashem openly. He was able to see open truth without any covering. Usually, when you see such powerful truth, you fall down. You, your body cannot, cannot sustain it. Nevi'im would fall down, froth at the mouth, roll around. They, their body wasn't, couldn't sustain such a revelation. You just sit. And yet he was able to sit. And that powerful experience just settled into him. That's Tamchit Bin. What do you do in Yeshiva? Yeshev, yeshiva. Yeshev, yeshiva. He sat. Yeshiva. A yeshiva where you sit and experience the revelation of the Yerel of Hashem. You see Hashem. That's what the learning of Hasidus is designed to do. You sit and internalize truth. And it's powerful. This Covering is off the sun. Hashem is appearing to you. You're sitting in Tamchitimim. You go to a Chabad house. You, 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 you're in a shir. You're learning Chassidus. You're seeing Hashem in those moments. It's a very powerful revelation. You are living that scene of Avram Avinu sitting in front of his tent at that moment. 
And in order to do it, you need to be ready to do bris mila, emotional, spiritual bris mila. And you're going to see truth. And you become one of those people for whom truth is clear. And you wonder why the rest of the world is still struggling. So you become one of the leaders. Who did this? Who established this, this yeshiva where you sit? Yeshiva Yeshev? Where, where you see Hashem, Vayere Elav Hashem? The Rebbe Rashad. This is his inyan. To activate the desire to see it, both for us as in a childlike form and in adult form as, as students of Torah. So here we are today, after a hundred years, each way, whichever way you, you count a hundred years, we finish the hundred years and we're ready. And our job is, because we see, to keep making ourselves ready for a deeper vision and a higher vision and a higher vision of Ayer Elav Hashem and step into leadership. We see truth. Not everybody in the world sees truth, as you've seen. Our job is to be leaders in a very clever way and take the world to the Gula Mitis Vashlema, should be immediately now. Sorry, we forgot one little piece here. This is really a clincher. What does this have to do with actual Mashiach, actual right here, right now? The Rebbe is saying that the existence of Mashiach, the spark of Mashiach, is in every single Jew. But that was always the case. Now we've moved up to a deeper reality, especially through the Rebbe Rashab. We have the existence of Mashiach literally. Because we know, the, the general Yehuda, in every generation there's someone who's born from the seed of Yehuda who is fit to be Mashiach. Somebody because of his righteousness to be the guy or the Redeemer. And when the time comes, it will be revealed to him and Hashem will send him to do the job. And if negative things were not to mix in, that would have happened already, says the Rebbe. So according to the testimony of the Friedrich Rebbe, this is what the Rebbe is saying, the Mashiach of our generation, the Friedrich Rebbe, through the Rebbe, has told us that all things that stand in the way, all things of Mashiach have been completed, everything has been done, that everything's been done and we're standing ready for and therefore in these days and all the the things in the way are out of the way and therefore and here's really the clincher we have we don't only have the existence the the essence and the existence of Mashiach, but we have the revelation of Mashiach now. And now all we have to do is receive him. And this parallels everything that the Rebbe Rashad cried for 150 or more years, you know, about 150 years ago plus. What he was saying is, Hashem exists, Right? Just like Mashiach exists. The Rebbe Rashad is saying, Hashem exists. 
And we have the revelation of Hashem. We have Brismila, we have the revelation of Hashem. Here the Rebbe is saying, we have the revelation of Mashiach. So what is missing? Just that we be vessels to see and receive. And here the Rebbe is saying, we have the existence of Mashiach. Just like the Rebbe Rashab said. And we have the revelation of Mashiach. All that's left is receiving Kabbalah's name Mashiach. To be open to see. We have Geula. It exists and it's there, not only in potential and actuality. And we even have the revelation of Geula. Look at world events. It's unbelievable. But our job is to open our eyes to receive that, to see it, to be cognizant of what's really going on. And in the words of the Parsha, that we have to just we just have to be to receive the Hiskalas of the for ourselves and for the whole world. The whole world being expressed through Chaim Archeshvan. In this physical world, and every form the living thing will know that it's from you, Hashem. That in every single thing in the world it will be it will be palpable that Atbaalta, you made it Hashem. So that in the future, every bird, every every stone, every this will declare it. And because that's the case, we understand that everything that we do should be permeated with inyane of Mashiach and Gula, including what we eat and what we drink. So yes, and this is a very sweet part, that we long for the sud of the Leviathan and Sharabar and to such an extent that after the meal, we still remain hungry. And we complain to Hashem, we say, I cannot do the full, I cannot bench. I can't bench on this meal. Because in benching you say, I'm satisfied. I'm not satisfied. In truth, we can't say that. We're still hungry. I know a whole generation that says that. It's the kids. Eh, disgusting. Schnitzel again for lunch. Uh, excuse me. What? Burgers and mashed potatoes again? Oh, gross. Disgusting. I'm still hungry. There's nothing good to eat. Right? A whole generation. There's nothing good to eat. Right. Because they're hungry for the real thing. And, and, and this comes from forever a job. A child is hungry for the real thing. And so we are begging and saying we want to sit at the table of God's table and have the meal of the future and sit with him. And so it should be the real meal of Leviathan and Sharabar and it should be in Parshat Vayera that, that we should have this, we should have it immediately now.